1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Today on the
2: TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast. Harvey Levin here. Jason Beckerman. So uh, on the 4th of July, uh, the precipice of the 4th of July weekend, yep. um, Jamie Spears has filed a legal doc. That uh, is significant because we have not heard him yet address this black box uh, allegation, at least from a former employee from black box security, uh, that he bugged Brittany's bedroom. Remember, the New York Times documentary had a whistleblower on who said uh, that there was all sorts of evidence that he had done this, that pe- that somebody was listening to her private conversations, whoever was in the bedroom talking to her kids and all. Jamie Spears has now said, it was not me, and I don't know anybody that would have done it, but he flatly denied it.
1: Yeah, it's categorical denial. He says, I never conducted or authorized any surveillance of Britney's bedroom at any time, including during the conservatorship. I am not aware of any such surveillance having occurred. So there's no there's no daylight there.
2: There's no daylight. I mean, look, and this is under penalty of perjury, yep. and you know Matt Rosengard, Britney's lawyer, is going to go after him like a pit bull, so if he is lying about this, Matt Rosengart would certainly go in for a contempt citation. And I don't think Jamie
1: Spears... Potentially I, have him imprisoned as well, you know, thrown in jail for for for, for uh, illegal, lying under oath as well.
2: I, I Actually, I believe it's uh, Penal Code Section 632 uh, in California. <laughs> uh, there is a law that makes it a felony to record somebody without their permission in California. So um, I don't know. I mean... Listen. Sometimes people lie, but this is, like you said, it's it's a uh, just a, a clear statement. I didn't
1: do it. Right. And this is so. This allegation has been out there for some time that he had he had the most explosive one. Yes, the most that he had planted. Right. There's a lot of allegations. Said he planted these these listening devices in her bedroom. He has never responded to them, and it's hard not to fill in the blanks when there's such a public accusation against a public person like that. Just in your mind, to to, to draw the conclusion, there must be something there, right? And so I think it's important that he came out. I'm surprised he li- if he has such a categorical I of a, am surprised he waited denial, this long too. I'm surprised he waited this long. You sort of get out in front of these things a little bit. You create doubt in the public's mind. He didn't do that. He chose now for whatever reason uh, to come out. But again, I, the denial is absolute. It's not. There would have been ways to phrase this denial that a lot of that the allegations she has made about me listening in her bedroom are false. You do it like that, there's wiggle room there because the allegations are not just single, you know, it's just not just one right. element, there's multiple. Here- No, but he was clear.
2: He's clear. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we will see. Um, th- it's significant. Yeah. It is It is significant. Look, I mean, Brittany is trying to depose Jamie. Jamie is trying to depose Brittany. Each side seems to be objecting, although Jamie seems to be stalling more than objecting. Brittany is just flat out objecting. Yep seems to me both of them are going to end up having to sit for a deposition.
1: Without question. Yeah. Right. Without question. We have a lot of money at stake here. We have some serious allegations at stake here. Both of them have firsthand knowledge about the allegations. that are many of the allegations that are making. Well, they, and, and th- in,
2: in some ways, they're the only Percipient witnesses. That's right.
1: That's absolutely right. So they're essential to th- this case can't go forward unless you have the right to depose the opposite party. And that's going to happen sooner or later. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um. We have a bunch to talk about. I,
2: we we got to get into the Supreme Court in a bit, but Brittany Griner, I got to tell you, um, this is this is dire for her right now. Yep. Um, Russia basically has a kangaroo court, and you know pretty much everybody in the inside is saying she's going to be found guilty. If in case you folks don't know, um, you know they say that she tried to bring. Hash into hash oil into the country, and they have imprisoned her since February. Uh, Her trial started today. Interestingly, she wore a Jimi Hendrix t shirt. There is significance to that because in the late 60s, Jimi Hendrix was tried for uh, drug possession. Uh, I believe it might have been an airport as well where he was stopped in Toronto. Uh, He was tried for it and found not guilty. And uh, had said all along he was framed. And I think by wearing that T-shirt, number one, it telegraphs to people in the United States how she feels about this. And it's also interesting that in a way she has no faith in the Russian justice system, which she shouldn't have, because that might incite them even more. But. It seems like she doesn't care at this point because she knows what's going to happen. I mean, it, it, this has got to be resolved diplomatically. And if it's not resolved diplomatically, she is staring at 10 years.
1: This is one of the saddest things I can imagine. Yep. She carried a little bit of ha- CBD oil. Uh, through Allegedly. The, allegedly. Uh, and she, and now she faces up to 10 years in prison. She's already been there and the, the trial is going to last apparently with delays through December, they expect. So even by the end of the trial, she would have been in prison in Russia Almost a year. for a full, for just about a full year for such a minimal crime. Clearly she's used being used in a dip, as a diplomatic pawn, uh, between Russia and the West and, and, you know, and this goes to Brittany's, uh, wife who was on CNN, begging the president of the United States to intervene. Well, not
2: just begging, but also really complaining that the government hasn't done as much as they should.
0: Do you trust that the maximum amount of effort is being put forward to, to bring BG home? No, I don't. And and I hate to say that because I do trust that they're that the persons working on this are very genuine people. That I do believe. Um, but I don't think the maximum amount of effort is being done because, again, the rhetoric and the actions don't match. You know, when you have a situation where BG can call our government, the embassy, 11 times, and that phone call don't get answered, you don't have my trust at that point until I see actions that are in BG's best interest. It would have been in her best interest for her phone call to been answered.
2: Got to say that's shocking if she called 11 times yeah. and they
1: didn't, that's kind of shocking. It, it is kind of shocking. I, I'd like to know the details of that, honestly. Um, but but look, I, I mean, the truth is that the United States government has, frankly, bigger fish to fry with the Russian government than Brittany Griner. I feel terrible for her, but is this, of all the issues that are being discussed where there's this war, horrible war waging in Eastern Europe right now, is Brittany Griner really topic number one for the I th- Biden administration. I,
2: I, I think it's, it's, there's a, there's some symbolism to this, but also remember, she is an American citizen yeah. who, you know, is on a professional basketball team that somehow, you know, is become a pawn yeah. in this war. And yeah, I mean, we sometimes do make a big deal out of a single person Even though there are so many other things going on, because there really is a point here that goes beyond just Brittany Griner. I mean, it's the point of what, you know, the, the, listen, and, 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 you know, it's almost embarrassing to talk about this, that an American should get this kind of attention when hundreds of Ukrainians are dying every day. Right. Nonetheless, you know, this is our citizen and what they've done is awful. Yeah. And you know you can do two things at the same time. You, you know, in this
1: case you can do 20 things at the same time. You 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 can I I hear you. There's no there's no right answer to this. I mean, I see I see bombs landing on shopping malls in Ukraine. I know. And I'm just like the idea that the that diplomat not going to be the president, but diplomatic channels are going to go about this one person. That you're, well, but you're right. You can do two things at once. There can be diplomatic back channels for Britney Griner's release. The Russians are clearly going to want something in exchange. Uh and I, I you know, we don't know what those things are. And I feel I feel terrible for Brittany and and her wife as well.
0: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. So, um, I, I want to
2: talk about the Supreme Court. Um look, Jason and I are both lawyers. And, you know, in law school, especially, you study the role of the Supreme Court, you know, and what its function is. And Look, you know, there's this whole thing about strict construction, you know, versus uh, accepting the Constitution as a living, breathing document. The reality is, I think, that whichever way you cut it, the Supreme Court does get involved in social issues. And usually it's behind on social issues Mm -hmm. where things kind of ruminate in in society and find their way up to the court eventually where they deal with it. Traditionally, it seems like the court's trajectory has been to embrace and expand the rights of people, the equality of people, even, you know, with conservative courts, with liberal courts. Over time. Over time, time, there's an arc of preserving And pushing, you know, and I, I don't want to get too technical, but there was a justice named Benjamin Cardoza. He was on, for a long time, he was on the New York Court of Appeals, which is the High Court of New York. And he created products liability law. And he did it by... Um, taking narrow cases and pushing the idea that manufacturers owe a duty to make sure products that they sell are safe. That was never in the law. Right. But he created this whole doctrine with the help of the other judges on the court. But that's what judges to often do. So I, I think what we're seeing now is the same kind of, kind of social involvement but it's going in a
1: completely different direction. We have never seen, to to the exact point you're making, we have never seen a retreat from what people considered more liberalism on the court. Not not to judge it at all, but but the allowance of individual liberty to do what you want without government interference expands over time. Um, Individuals, employee rights, uh, Cr- uh, per- crim- de- criminal defendants' rights, the criminal Miranda rights, rights. A-
2: a- and then Brown versus Board of Education, right. which, by the way, overruled right. a long-standing
1: precedent of yep. separate but equal. And now we've seen we've seen in the last few days this incredible retreat from progressivism. And I think that's the point. Yeah. And just in the
2: last few days, yes, gun control, abortion, climate change,
0: yes, you All know, religion, religion. More- right.
2: You know, it, it 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 feels like, you know, uh, it almost feels like Congress should be doing all of these things, right. dealing with these issues, right? And Congress is stalled, but right. the court is just plowing. I, I want to say
1: ahead, yeah. but in a way behind. There's this there's this, this sort of thought that people have, or things people say, where elections don't matter. I don't really want to vote, especially here about younger people. The election of 2016 could be the most consequential <laughs> event of a 50- or 60-year period in American history. Donald Trump's victory by a very small margin over Hillary Clinton changes everything Yeah, because of, Because decades. of three justices. Yes. But what you also have to realize about that is
2: that the right wing of the Republican Party has been planning this for decades. Yes. And everybody wonders, well, how would they have done that for decades? What you have to do is... It's the people you put... On the trial court level, who then get elevated to the uh, to the court of appeals, and then ultimately they're the candidates for the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's an arc where it's not just who am I going to point to the Supreme Court, but loading up the federal trial judges, yep. then elevating people to the court of appeals, and populating it with so many people that you start you know right. you have the ability to pick and choose. That's what they've done. And, you know, I I was thinking yesterday um, that that um, when Breyer resigned, I wonder if he did this because of what he saw with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, that he that he was worried that in Biden's third year, they would try to block anybody that he might. It, nominate the way they did with uh, Merrick well, Garland.
1: Well, yeah, that was Scalia's death, right? Then right. Obama appoints Merrick Garland, wants to appoint Merrick Garland, but Mitch McConnell says that vote will never go to the floor. We have an election in a year. right? We're going to allow the election 2016. And it seems like he was
2: really concerned about that, underscored by Ruth Bader Ginsburg well, right. not resigning.
1: But I, I think Mitch McConnell has come out and said that no, not as long as we have the Senate, no Democratic nominee will ever reach the floor, which is a huge departure from what we've seen for two hundred and thirty years yeah. of our country's history. The
2: country, the country
1: has changed.
2: Yeah. Um, with Ketanji Brown Jackson, something really struck me. Mm. They uh, that there are two black justices now in the U.S. Supreme Court both of whom have interracial marriages. The reason I think that's important is that Clarence Thomas, when he said in Roe versus Wade in his concurring opinion that there are other things now in the chopping block like gay marriage, um, like uh, 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 contraception, contraception, he conveniently left out the protection of interracial marriage. Yes. And it seems to me that can be squarely addressed now by Katanji Brown Jackson, that if he chooses to ignore it, she can then really
1: kind of mount a right. Because until the sixties, interracial marriage was illegal in many states. Right. Uh, Clarence Thomas and others may very well be of the view that if states wanna outlaw interracial marriage, that's okay. States have absolute rights to govern their citizens, and that's okay, and the federal government cannot step in and protect or bar states from putting those laws in place. Right.
2: I, you know, it, it is really alarming. Um, this court feels, you know, it's so funny that on the one hand, they say they're strict constructionists suggesting that we simply look at what the Constitution right. says. The reality is they are more aggressive in terms of their social agenda than prior courts. Right. Uh, Don't
1: you think? I I absolutely do. I think there's two or three justices that are specifically aggressive in that respect. Like a Neil Gorsuch guy, he to me is- Did
2: you know- who Neil Gorshitz's mom is? Yeah, she's a former Secretary of
1: Agriculture, and, and it was
2: what well, she was the EPA. EPA. She yes, was yes, the that's e- right. No, but when she under Ronald Reagan. Yeah, th- right? th- this is what's so shocking. Yep. I, I read this last night, and I had just forgotten it. That his mom ran the EPA. And tried to dismantle it and was like bragging that she has condensed the regulations from six inches in thickness to a half an inch. And she was just going – she did everything she could to dismantle the EPA and then her son is on the court and does basically her work – yesterday with the ruling on on carbon emissions but but
1: but neil gorsuch really believes these things defy the constitution that these kinds of laws restricting the that government is is overreaching this is what this man believes i I don't know how to put it i don't think he's a political hack i think clarence thomas and samuel alito are arguably political hacks meaning they are and jenny thomas you know showed that through a correspondence i gotta tell you jason i disagree with you neil gorsuch's
2: Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh lied to the Senate. Yes. That makes them political hacks. Well, that makes them ambitious. That makes them political hacks. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Right. No, I, I hear the point. I hear the point. I, I, yeah.
2: I Supreme Court, look, the Supreme Court has always been involved in social issues. So yeah. you can't say, gee, how could the court insert itself? It's done that forever. It's the way it's doing it now, the regressiveness. Yes. And, and you know, I got to tell you, I'm now old enough that I remember a lot of this stuff. I mean, I, for some reason, as a kid, as I was just always really interested in this. And I remember, you know, at the beginning of the civil rights movement, I remember the separate but equal. I remember yeah. certainly gay rights and, you know, that it was illegal to act on being gay. Yeah. I, I remember all of this stuff. And I also remember, you know, in my lifetime in Los Angeles, how... You know, smog was just choking this city yep. and it got better and, you know, I've seen it bad and I've seen it better and it seems like this, you know, on a global scale now, we're just in huge trouble.
1: Huge, huge
2: trouble. I, I hate to say uh, it's true. that. No, you're right. You're right. Um, okay, you're I right. want to end with something fun. I did not know <laughs> about this. Bobby Bonilla Day, do
1: you, do you know about this? I know all about Bobby Bonilla
2: I, I, you just, just tell everybody, this is such a great story. So
1: Bobby Bonilla, once upon a time, was an excellent Major League Baseball player. 2001. Yeah, to, yeah well, he retired in... 2001. He retired in 2001, in two, so the, and he was owed about $6 million by the New York Mets. They entered into a deferred payment plan where he wouldn't get the $6 million up front. They, apparently, the Mets were making money through investments hand over fist. And they said, well, we don't want to give you the $6 million now. Instead, we're going to invest that. And as a result of deferring this, starting in 2011, Bobby, you are going to get $1.2 million every year on July 1st. Every year for 25 years. A total payout of $30 million. So leave your $6 million with us now, and in 10 years you will get 25 payments totaling $30 million. Bobby says, great idea. Well, Every July, July 1st, Bobby Bonilla got his check for $1.2 million. And it's Bobby Bonilla Day. And it is Bobby Bonilla Day. I
2: mean, it is so the lottery before the lottery. It's, it's, it is the lottery. It's like, which do you want? Do you want the payout now or do you want to do defer? I mean, it's crazy. And everybody
1: says, take the payout over time. You get a lot more money. Take the money now. It's absolutely true. Holy smokes, though. I mean, Bobby Bonilla made a ton of money during his career, but he hasn't done anything in 20 years. Why should he? Why should he? He gets a nice check for, for, I mean, after taxes. Think about it. On, on July 1st, he gets a check for let's call it seven hundred thousand dollars every year. W- one check, one day. For that's free and clear. Free? And, that's that's after taxes. After taxes. Yeah, seven hundred thousand dollars. This is crazy. It's insanity. I wonder if the if the Mets. I mean, they, they apparently lo- the Wilbon family who owns the Mets lost hundreds of millions of dollars in the Bernie Madoff scandal when it all when it all collapsed. And so not only did they make a terrible deal with Bobby Bonilla, they didn't even take advantage of the $6 million they wanted to invest and turn into something else. They just got hosed on both sides of this, that family did. And it's got to gall them when they write this check every year. Do they ever celebrate it at the stadium? I mean, do do fans come in with Bobby Bonilla? I I think so. I mean, it's well known in baseball circles. I wonder, in the Mets, they say, our team is terrible, but Bobby Bonilla got his check. It's like, all the players are like, how do I get in on that Bobby Bonilla action? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There are other people who have gotten deferred deals like this, and you get sometimes twice as much money as you otherwise yeah, this would. Is this is four, ta- four to five times as much money.
2: Yeah. Okay, everybody, have a great fourth, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys.